What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. Welcome to Two Kids and a Career. Do not adjust your volume when you hear a man speak on this episode. My first male guest on Two Kids and a Career. Listen, I know that this is a mommy podcast, but it's also a daddy podcast. It's also a single person's podcast. It's also a married without kids podcast. It's a podcast about serious and tough conversations. It's a podcast about funny conversations. It's just a place where we can talk and we can help one another. And so let me introduce Hayes. Hayes is a father and Hayes's son is helping him battle something very serious, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, I want to tell you how I know Hayes. Hayes is in the radio business like me. Locally in the St. Louis area, you can hear him on Afternoons on Now 96.3. And you're also in other markets through this power of radio that we have. Tell me about the other cities you're in. Uh, In Portland. On 105.1 The Buzz and in Sacramento at 106.5 The End. So you have this wonderful career that you've been a part of for how long? Uh, We're going on 19 years this year. Okay, so you're passionate about this career, the radio station Mm -hmm. that you work for locally in St. Louis. And what you're known for is a top 40 radio station. And for someone who's listening, who's like, what does that mean? Well, top 40 means... You play the hits. You're right. out and about on the streets. You're doing fun stuff. It's younger people, and there's a lot of club stuff sometimes, <laughs> a lot of bars involved. Right. And drinking is a thing. It is. Uh, I was at a Top 40 station when I first started out in radio, and I lived it. As a female, I think it's completely different than a male DJ, even when I was in my early 20s. It's just different. Sure is. So for a man and for my coworkers that I had at that time, hearing some of the things that went on, I'm like, what in the heck? (laughs) So you're exposed to all of this. It's in your face. And then you have a son. Right. And Cooper is 10 now. Yeah. But over the last 10 years, you have done some stuff that has made you come to a realization to where you are right now. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast. Absolutely. 100%. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. the Let's peel the back the layers, yeah, you let's know. Sit on down. <laughs> it's all uh it's all fun and games on the airways, but really there's a behind the scenes, you know, uh, a thing going on with radio and and I started not only getting into radio with that. I was a club DJ at 18 years old, went on 19. So I was in bars before I was even legally supposed to be in bars right playing music and that's kind of how i ended up in radio you know and i've moved around i think i've counted this is my uh well all together seven cities all together i've lived in like cities from dallas to austin to detroit to milwaukee st louis big cities just with stuff going on and Mm -hmm. like top 40 radio and you know you're supposed to be the fun guy and you know all that and then finally it, it just it just caught up with me it really did. So you have publicly said on social media you are done with alcohol. Yeah. And that's what I want to hear. What made you decide I'm done? To go kind of let the audience know 
we just joined this company about what a year ago, a little mm-hmm. over a year ago. We were with another company, and it was kind of like a messy divorce. Our like my old boss went another way. I got new bosses. Some people went off to other markets, and so I was kind of left alone here. And it was really, really stressful because we didn't know what was going to be happening mm-hmm. with the station. There were rumors going around, just like in radio, that happens from no one really knew what was going to happen, and it was really stressful. So I just would go out when I get off work and just. To relax, drink, that's what I would do. That's just all I've known to do is just I, I would turn to alcohol to just kind of ease the pain. And, you know, and it just caught up with me after so long. And I realized with my family noticing and, and my son noticing, like, Dad, like, hey, are you going out? Are you, are you going to be with your friends tonight? No, nah, yeah, I am. I'll be home. I'll be OK. Yeah, I'll be all right. And he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be 10 in November. He's old enough to know now. He's old enough to know, you know, and then, you know, the next day waking up and uh, not, not feeling great. I mean, having hangovers, uh, sleeping in and he's up ready to go. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I was like sitting at the bar and I didn't go to his baseball game or nothing like that. It was just like. Uh, this isn't a good example for my son at all. No, you weren't in the moment at all. Mm-hmm. No, so I was just like, I gotta, I gotta change, and then I, I gotta do something for uh, the, the best of things. And my son saw me. He was up after it was opening day, is when it was, and he was up late. And normally he's never up. He's you know, him and his mom are asleep. And I came home. And I was pretty inebriated and he saw it and he was sad. And I just, the next day I said, this is enough. This is horrible. Like this, this isn't the person I am. My dad quit drinking when I was born. Like, so I've never seen my dad ever drink. Was he a big drinker before you were born? So that's what we talked about once I decided to, uh, you know, get sober is that he finally kind of opened up to me because I never really knew. I was just like, oh, my dad's just, he doesn't drink. Just That's drink, his thing. Yeah. And he said he had the exact same problem. My problem wasn't I would come home and, you know, drink right when I get home or I get a bottle from the shelf. Mine is that when I go out, I wouldn't stop because it's kind of like the party thing or like hosting clubs. I just would go and go and go and go until it's just so did you, <clears throat> that's my question, did you recognize this before or was it just, I mean, you knew, okay, I had a lot to drink, whatever, but you just kept moving. Right. But you said it was just recent opening day mm-hmm. when you just knew. Did you ever have those feelings before? Subconsciously, yes. But I thought, oh, this is just what we do in our industry. You know, I, everyone, I mean, because really the industry is... I forgot what it was when I was talking to my therapist. Like, it's crazy the amount of people in the industry that end up becoming alcoholics or have sort, some sort of addiction problem, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what it is. And and I know you probably know a handful of people in this industry, and I do too as well. And that's no excuse. And I knew I could control it. I just had to stop. And it wasn't easy. The first probably 20 days were the toughest. Um, and then I had probably like two friends, really. That was it. When I thought I had this handful of two handfuls of, of friends really were just drinking buddies. Um, and then, but I'd never really told him, I just would put it off. Hey, what's going on? Are you doing? Oh, I'm just staying home with the kiddo. You know, I didn't want exposing right. what is going on. Everyone's like, but I didn't want to be the guy that's like, man, Hayes is being a jerk. Like, why isn't he hanging out with us anymore? Then finally, that's when I'm like, I'll just let everyone know. Like, this is it. This is where I'm going. And then it's crazy how many people respect you 
when you do it. It's like how many people are like, yeah, and in text messages you get of like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about doing the same thing. Good for you. Isn't it crazy what we do in our heads? We always joke around about this as women. We are our own worst critic. We overanalyze. We overthink. And you thinking, putting out that you are just done with alcohol would be something different than what it ended up being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ah. You know, and, and, you know, to open up a little bit, like what my therapist said is like all the stupid things people do on alcohol. You know, and all the stupid things I did, I was more, I was fun, you know, but I was probably just like, oh, look at that guy. Cause now I notice, right. I mean, especially, especially we just had, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs and it was like, I was completely sober through the whole thing. So if I can make it through that <laughs> sober, right. Because <laughs> it was crazy. That was for St. Louis and it still is. I think it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things for us, it's the first time our St. Louis Blues have won the Stanley Cup and you were amongst, Many people partying their butts mm. off, Throwing surrounded beers. by alcohol. In the parade, the beers are flying over my head, and I, I would be the guy that reaches up and catches the beer and slams it with one of the players or whatever. And seeing that, you know, you just put blinders on and kind of, you know, I know my goal. Ultimately, it's for my son more. Okay, let's better, talk about that. Better yet, it's for myself, you know? Like, I have to make myself happy before I can make anyone else happy. We have to put ourselves first as parents. I know it's a hard thing to do, but Mm -hmm. how crazy is it that our kids are such motivation for us? It is. I opened up to you before this podcast that I I used to be a smoker Mm -hmm. and same thing with this (laughs) job. And it's not just radio. It's in any job. I have wanted to smoke so many times, and it's very easy to walk to the gas station and get mm-hmm. a pack of cigarettes. And what I do is I just keep thinking about my girls. I keep mm-hmm. thinking I have to be there for them when they're older. It is not fair. It would not be fair to them that they lost their mom mm. because she did something like smoke. Right. And I'm not criticizing anyone who no. smokes. Yeah. I mean, that's not it. I just know that I had to make that choice because I was kind of one of those people. I can't, I, I, I would go all in, but I just couldn't say, oh, one here, one there. It just, when it was there, it was there. Opens up the floodgates is what it is. And I don't, I don't judge anyone else. Like people can handle their alcohol and people can go have a couple beers and do that. And yeah, I could do that every once in a while, but nine times out of 10, I couldn't, I would need a shot or I just needed, I always, I still, I mean, right here, I have a drink in my hand and it's just a habit to always have a drink in my hand, no matter now it's water or it's an energy drink or it's coffee. But even when I'm out, I have to have something in my hand. It's just a social thing, you know, it's a social thing. And I can see cigarettes being the same thing. Same thing. It's when I go out drinking, I want to smoke. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that I won't go out drinking Mm -hmm. as much or have a drink because of that. And I have to figure out yours is having a cup. Mm-hmm. I've got to figure out what that is for me. What is like a lollipop? Will that <laughs> represent a cigarette? I don't know. Right. But I just know I have to. My girls are my focus. Yeah. And I know it'll make it makes me feel better when I'm not smoking. And really, when I think, okay, you're stressed out. Will that one cigarette really help you? Right. And then I start going, oh, well, if I if I were to have that cigarette, then I would start beating myself up, and it's just a mental game. Yes, it is. It it, it really is a mental. 
mental game for sure. Uh, and, you know, going back to uh, what my therapist said, he said, if the craziest thing about your friends or, or coworkers or whoever, now that you're not drinking, if you're worried about what people think, and they don't, no one cares. No. Because they're still going to drink. They're still going to get drunk no matter what, even if I'm not participating. But if the craziest thing that they think is, oh, he's sober, that's that's fine. Like, look at that. Like, right. oh, he's sober. That's the bad. That that's not the, that's not a bad thing. Can we go back a minute? I don't think we finished the conversation with your dad. Mm-hmm. You said he made the choice. He would go all out, and he made the choice mm-hmm. when you were born to stop drinking. So he opened up and he told you that he said you were my driving force. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. He said uh, the day you were born, I just decided that's it, and I wanted to be a good example for you. And he has been. He's the. I mean, my. I was with him on the weekends. My dad is a big part of my life. Uh, my mother had a problem drinking. My grandfather was an alcohol alcoholic, and he died, you know, of alcoholism. So it's definitely ge- genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the genes. And my dad said he, you know, even today at forty years, he said forty years of not drinking. He said a margarita still sounds good. Really? He says it sounds good, but I would not trust myself even 40 years later to even have a drink of it because I probably couldn't stop. Isn't that crazy? And he just doesn't. That's insane. Intense. And he looks at you. Yeah. And now he checks on me like, you know, because I I stopped for a little bit and then he knows. He sees the pictures. He sees their social media. You can see in your face. Yeah. Like I had someone, a friend, a coworker, and she was or a, a, a colleague in radio, and she was like out of out of state now. She goes, I can see in your face, just like you're happy, and I could tell. And she had no clue that I stopped drinking. She could just tell in pictures, you know. And uh, and I, I love beer. I love beer, and seeing all that beer, you know, all over town, <laughs> all in, in like the beer capital of the world in St. Louis. You know, I'm not gonna say it's super easy, but I just, you know, now it it just gets easier to just kind of like, my, I don't need it. Well, wouldn't it be a disservice to yourself if you said it was easy? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that put more pressure on yourself? It would. Yeah, because I mean, there's that challenge. I mean, when we were hosting uh, Stanley Cup, you know, uh, parties, watch parties, there was alcohol right in front of me. And then they're like, hey, anything you want. And I'm like, water. And I used to have to, I would have stopped Jill at the bar downstairs here at the radio station and took three shots and had a beer by the time I even made it to the watch party just so I could get that liquid courage, if you will. And I did it without it the entire time. And it felt great. And I wasn't up there stuttering or doing something stupid or, you know, whatever the case may be when I had alcohol. And I thought I was invincible and I had my liquid courage, but, you know, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You should be so proud of yourself. And it's the, it's, it's just, I've felt the best I've ever felt. I'm motivated to get back in the gym again. I think I'm down like six pounds or something. And it's, what has your son said? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, he uh, he noticed. He knows that I'm home now and he doesn't worry. There for a while he was like, is dad going to be home? Now he doesn't, he doesn't worry. Or when I had to stay late or when I had to do these parties, you know, he's confident. And because I made a promise to him, I told him I, this isn't going to happen again. The last thing you want to do is let down your child. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got to think about. I'm like, oh, you know, no brainer. So when you are in these situations and the mm-hmm. alcohol is right in front of you, that's what I was going to ask you next. Mm-hmm. You, do you just think of him? 
I think I am. And I'm just like, I've made it this far so far. <laughs> Which is how far? How uh, it many will days? Be, um, we're at almost three. Well, it, it's going to be almost three months here. That's soon. awesome. 90 days, you know. And to me, even when I would say it's been two weeks and, you know, my girlfriend, she's like, yeah, to me, two weeks because she doesn't drink much. That's the thing. Her family and she didn't drink. It's, it wasn't in my house. I was the drinker. And she goes, two weeks for me, it would be like, oh, well, that's good. I can go a month without it. But, you know, even a week without for me not having alcohol is a major, major step in, in moving towards my goal. Uh, because it's like I was going out three to four nights a week sometimes th- th- every week. Ugh. Jill, every week, three to four nights a week at least. Ugh. And I just, but it kind of, I got used to it for what, like I said, going back to being in top 40 radio and hosting club gigs. You're always, I mean, recently within the last four years, I'm doing afternoons, but I was always the night guy. So you're the club guy. You're the, you know, and so you're surrounded by it. You're, you're, you know, and you can make up all the excuses you want to, but when you're around that, you're in that environment, then it's, it's easy because everyone wants to bring the DJ Mm -hmm. or the, the, you know, the personality a shot. And Mm -hmm. then like, that's just people do socially and that's great, but I would want more shots. I couldn't just do one shot. Well, for (laughs) you to be able to recognize that you just always kept going, that's a big thing. Now there are a couple of things I want to touch on before we wrap up. Now let's, the first one is the friends. You said you had handfuls of friends when you were mm-hmm. drinking, and now it's not much. Mm-mm. Are you okay with that? Have you come to peace with the fact that some of those friends were just drinking friends, and now you're seeing who is really meant to be in your life? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was tough at first because I kind of took it personally, you know, like a certain friend, like my phone was dead. For a while, you know, it's like, mm, which is kind of good because I'm not, you know, temptation tempted to to go out. Uh, but, you know, I've talked to other people. I've talked to people that have way bigger problems in mind. And they said that the, the fact that I even had one or two friends still around is is amazing because there's so many people that go on this journey and they have no one to turn to. Sometimes not even families. And, you know, I went to some AA meetings. I, I wanted to go just to see what it was, I went to one of them after my 30 days and I wanted to see, you know, what there's other people like me I can talk to. And my gosh, the, the, the struggles that people went through and getting arrested and having their entire families taken away from them. Uh, there was a girl that was practically homeless and she just came to that meeting just to get away from the craziness she sees in the streets. And like, you know, she lived in a pretty rough neighborhood. But she was there and she was like a year sober and she had everything wow. taken away from her, her kid, her job, her, her whole life. But to not have that, like I had, things are going well for me. I have my job. My family's great. Like things got so much better too. Right after I stopped drinking, all these things happened. We talked about the different markets I'm in. All that stuff unfolded. Uh, everything happened. It was just weird. Just the positive energy and positive things that happen after I made that decision, you know, it's, there's definitely a higher power above. I'm not going to get into that, but there's some, that's a whole nother show. Right. But (laughs) I believe in that energy and you surround yourself around it, then good things are going to happen. Yeah. Like putting it out in the universe. Mm -hmm. You put that out in the universe, it's going to happen. The other thing I wanted to touch on, you talk about a therapist Mm -hmm. and I think that maybe that's another episode we can talk about, but 
being open and saying you go to a therapist. I've said I go to a therapist. That's still something that not a lot of people like to talk about. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is one of the most helpful, non-judgmental times. Just, oh, I encourage so many people to go. 100%. Me too. Because it's just like we bottle a lot up. Mm-hmm. Work gets stressful at times. And when you can just go there, I felt, I felt so great when I left. You know, it was just, I felt so good just telling someone, like, you know, it's not biased or not, mm, no, I know you right. do this or shame, shame. Like, you need someone that just listens to you mm-hmm. and can provide advice to whether it's not, you know, I don't think that you don't want to hear it, but maybe in a way that you, a little softer, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit more gentle, right. I guess. Right. Um, and I'm I'm going back again one more time to the friends because the friends that are meant to be there will be there mm-hmm. no matter what. And the friends that are there who maybe still drink, does that bother you? No, not at all. Now, even through the Stanley Cup playoffs and stuff, I mean, I have friends, they would even ask, like, you don't mind? I'm like, no, not at all. I mean, I spent the whole entire Game 7 at Enterprise Center with my friend who had beers, and he would buy me waters at the concession stands or energy drinks, and I had no problem. No, I, it doesn't It doesn't bother me now. It really doesn't. And I've had friends that I've t- I've had to tell, drinking buddies, like, hey, like, I have no clue, man. I don't care what you do. Like, I still like you as a person, you know, and, and that's fine. Like, more people I'm starting to surround myself around. That's whatever they do. And I don't, I can't, I'm not judging them because they don't have a problem. I I did or do. You got to just, somebody might be listening that is in the same situation as you, but they're not recognizing it. They're not realizing it. Talk mm. to them. I mean, there's so many people out there that have the same issue, you know, and it's just, it becomes an issue because you think, oh, hey, it's all fun and, and games. And it's, it's not when it's affecting my life and my, my family and I'm, mm-mm. And it could affect someone else's life. Anybody's. I could have. I could have gotten a car and hurt hurt somebody or hurt myself. And I don't know what I'd do if I. I mean, woke up the next day and I. You know, what if I wasn't there for my son? Or what if I hurt someone else in a car or on the road or you know whatever. You know, it's just mm-mm. life's too short. Well, no matter what, my biggest piece of advice to you, if I could give you any, is. If for some reason temptation grabs you again, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just don't get back on that train. That's true. Can't fall off the you. wagon. <laughs> you can't. And you know what? I just don't. I, I think so many people get set up in situations like you where if they do go back to drinking for whatever, right. a day, a week, a month, they feel like they can't ever go back and they feel like they're shamed and they can't open up and that just makes it even worse. Yeah. So own it and go right back to where you are. Yeah. I think it was uh, Macklemore. (laughs) He had the same thing. I think he was like four years sober and then he just one day even when he came to town with Kesha in that show last year, he did an interview with Macklemore and that was a big inspiration too. He said he went to an AA meeting here in St. Louis before he went on stage. Crazy. Really? Yeah. He just does it in every market he goes to when he's he's on stage at a con. Like, if he can do that, being like a rock star and like traveling with Kesha, and, you know, it's like, I think I can do it. Yes, And you I'm can. doing it. <laughs> yes, you are.
Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career. 